Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. His new film, Anna. It's a short and uh, premiered at the Cannes Film Festival this year. And and Dekal and I had a, I, I mean, I hope he agreed, but we had an incredible talk and, and, and just fascinating. And, you know, for, for such a short film, it was remarkable how much uh, conversation we had before the record button was hit and, and after we, we finished recording. He has a master's degree in international relations, and it certainly... Uh, comes out and you can see it in his filmmaking, another film, Ashmina, that you're also going to want to see. Um, we talk about 67 ideas for short films that Dekal had, uh, and it's it's fascinating uh, to talk about his uh, creativity and how he thinks. And, and, and this film, Anna, it's uh, it touches on... Um, it touches on some pretty difficult subjects, frankly. There's so much going on. This is a beautiful film. The performances are stunning. Uh, he talks a lot about filmmaking being a, a ton of hard work and, and, and a little bit uh, of, of luck. And he asked the question, why would anybody want to make a film that's, that's just entertaining? This is about being in critical and asking good questions. It's, it's an allegory uh, with a message. This is about mail-order brides or love tours, as they're sometimes often called, but also a film uh, uh, about Anna, that is. Um, about, it's about being political in the big sense, I suppose, and it's a critique of, 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 of the system, I would say, and I, and I think he, he would probably uh, agree with that. But yeah, a live-action short, uh, it's a story about a single mom living in Ukraine, uh, the Ukraine looking for love. So, so uh, fascinating interview, fascinating film. You're going to want to find it online. Anna is the name, Dekel Berenson is the uh, interview that we were about to step into. DavidPeckLive.com for more information about my writing and my public speaking. You can purchase a copy of Real Changes Incremental.
Mental there online. And you can also get behind the work that I do here at Face to Face. We're coming up on 500 interviews sometime in 2020. If you want to support us financially, please do. You can do that through Patreon. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month would be certainly appreciated. It's amazing what a little bit can do. It goes a long way to offset some of the costs to keep this podcast live. And we are now listened to in over 20 countries and thousands and thousands of downloads and listens. And you can take part in that too. And if you want to advertise on face-to-face, please, please reach out to us. And uh, you can do that through email on the site, face-to-facelive.ca. We've got newsletters and potential for banner ads and shout outs and so on so please do reach out to us we are uh, going uh, we're, we're breaking some new ground with the advertising and by the way if you can't support us on patreon uh, please leave us a, a review on itunes we really really would appreciate that amazing what a little digital noise can do to to increase your presence online and um it's uh it it it, it builds awareness so forward this podcast along sign up for our, our newsletter and so on and, and please help us get word on the street and also rabble.ca is a platform where face-to-face exists lots of other writers and thinkers there and bloggers and podcasters you're going to want to look into that's rabble.ca news for the rest of us coming right up talking with Dick Al Berenson and his new film Anna well welcome to face-to-face we're joined by a very special guest here with us today in our makeshift studio I just finished interviewing Barbara Koppel here coming up on my second last interview here at the festival the Toronto International Film Festival Dekal Berenson's here with us today to talk about his new film Anna Dekal thank you for joining me today sure thank you for having me we are direct live from Toronto and we're sitting in the business center this is how uh how uh, how filmmakers have to do it sometimes right working on low budgets but it's it's kind of like a studio isn't it mm-hmm. as, as long as we don't get interrupted um so so congratulations on the film thank you uh powerful uh, film, uh, short film. Uh, can you can you tell me a little bit about uh, some of some of the uh, the decisions you made behind why why you chose to do a short and not not a full length feature? Is it a, is it was that a budget concern? And then I'd love to talk about some of the issues that mm. your film mm-hmm. your film raises. So first of all, I'm a filmmaker for three and a half years only. So I have a master's in international relations and European studies from the Central European University in Budapest. I'm Israeli, but I left Israel um, in 2000, in 2000, straight after the military service. Mm-hmm. So in Israel, we go to the military sure. for three mm-hmm. years, from 18 to 21. Then most people leave for a year to travel around the world, and then they go back to Israel, and they go to study law or medicine or right, something like that. Right, right. I just never went back to Israel. I just kept traveling. So I traveled for a year, and then I ended up in Budapest, met somebody, stayed there, did the, the master's in international relations and moved to London and moved to New York. It's a very, very long story. But throughout all the years, um, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, I just... Um, I I wanted to experience different things, do different things. I didn't I didn't think it was the right to just go to straight to study filmmaking before, you know... Oh, interesting. I was going to say, why international relations before filmmaking, though? I really feel I I just doesn't feel right to I mean a lot of people they come out of film school and you know if it's in the states or some other place where you don't have to go to the military you go out of film school when you're 22 23 you haven't really done anything in life haven't experienced anything yeah that's why sometimes you go to a film festival you see student films and they're all about like they're all about the same like relationships and sex and stuff that interests right, right. young people yeah <laughs> sure. not about anything you know a little bit more deeper than that or more interesting or more original. So anyway, it never made sense to me to go to study film early. Um, 
But on the other hand, I did go into film later than I wanted to or should have. And yeah, it's, it's just like a long, you know, personal story that is less interesting. But uh, so I became a filmmaker three years ago. And uh, in the beginning, I, I, I went to, I did three months in the London Film School mm. and then left uh, again because I felt that I'm already too old to experience and film school was a, b- a bit of a waste of time for me. And also tuition is expensive in London Film School, in any film I school. Bet, I bet. And I realized that I can just take that money and go and shoot my own right. film or two or three. Fund my next yeah. few films. Because also in the film school itself, they also don't give you the camera and they don't right. give you... So even if you go to the school and you finish the two years, you still have to go and find money and find equipment. And yeah, it's quite... It just does, didn't make any sense to me. So I left the school and made my first film, my first short film. And, uh, and y- you can't make straight a feature just first of all because you don't have experience and also... Nobody will give you money to right, do that. Right? Right. So you go and you first make your first short, and then I sent it to festivals, and it was accepted in many festivals, but all of them very, very small. I mean, the, the biggest was maybe Still the Bahamas. Pretty, pretty affirming, yeah? Yeah, no, it was not bad, but, uh, you know, the Bahamas Film Festival, and uh, maybe, you know, a few in, like, Florida, and I don't even remember the Twin Cities Film Festival, right, stuff like right. that. But then my second film... Um, so the first one I shot it in the UK and that was expensive it's expensive to do anything in the UK and then um, for my second film I told myself why don't I go and shoot it in a you know in a country where it's will be more um, to be cheaper to shoot there and more interesting sure yep. so I came up with this idea to 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 okay and, and then at the same time I came up with this idea and that's something throughout my life I do it. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm making a short film and I'm going to send it to festivals, what if this will also not get into any big festival? Right. So it's better if I do a short film that I can then make another one and connect the two together. So then I came up with this plan to make five short films around the world, each around a similar theme. Okay. So I will have the possibility That's to connect idea. them into a feature in case ah, none of them gets yes. into a big festival. F- five short 15 or 20 minute films. You yes. All of a sudden you have a hundred. Yes. Suddenly you have a feature. feature. Right. Nice. So then I went to Nepal and I met my second film, uh, Shmina, um, which tells the story of a 13 years old girl who packs paragliders for foreign pilots who fly in Nepal uh, as paragliders. So they land in the landing field. And then these children run to them and offer them to pack their paragliders for small change. And that's the story of Ashmina. And that's actually based on a personal experience. Sure. I've been to Nepal six, seven years ago. And I met these children. And I told myself, when I'm finally a filmmaker, I will come here and, and make, make a film and about tell it. tell this story. Yeah. That's so then, cool. Well, it's amazing that you did it. Yeah, yeah. That you actually crazy. followed it's through. How many people yeah. actually probably say that well, and don't do it? No, not many. Yeah. So, um, question two, not yeah. to break up your story, why didn't why didn't you shoot it on, on a handheld at the time? Uh, oh, no, it's just, just realistically. Ah, you mean when I flew Yeah, there? when you no, were there. I, I, you wasn't know? F- I wasn't then a filmmaker You were yet. a filmmaker yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got so, um, so, yeah, so I went to Nepal. And before I went to Nepal, I, I had this... I have this very strange um, personality. Like whenever I get like rejected or fail in something, instead of making it me like you know think about quitting, it just makes me much more stronger. That's so funny. something happened to me after my first film. I, I I wrote a treatment and I sent it to some producer and he didn't like it. I was like so upset, and I went and I wrote 
I just wrote on a piece of paper 67 ideas for short films. 67? 67, yes, in cool. just in a few hours. Each of them just two lines. And one of them was Ashmina, and one of them was Anna, the mm. short film that is uh, screening here, that's screened here. And, and I wrote both scripts for Ashmina and Anna. And then I just like, decided, okay, I'll go first to Nepal, shoot Ashmina. And then as soon as I finished Ashmina, I had two weeks rest in London, flew to Ukraine. Wow. Did their looked for locations. It was uh, March of last year. I was there with my producers, and it in March it's snowy. So it looks cool. very beautiful. Mm-hmm. But we realized if we're starting to make the film now, by the time we finish, but we, by the time we make it, it's spring, so we will not have this snow. So we decided to postpone the film to the making of the film, and we started working on it only in October. And finished the film in March 1st. How many, how many days of shooting? Um, six days of shooting. Six days, wow. Six day, yeah. That's amazing. And then, um, and then we, finished the, we finished editing on the 1st of March, which was the deadline for Cannes. Send a film. Uh, everybody was thought, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, because I was very... I was I was pushing everybody to finish quickly. Sure, 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 so sure. Yeah. That was your we, we didn't have any vi- break day between shooting and editing. We just went, it was ev- a weekend even. Right, we shot on right, a Friday, right, on a Saturday right. we started editing. And I was like, yeah, there is a deadline for Khan. We have to submit it to Khan. And I was like, yeah, this guy is crazy. I mean, that's a chance. Yes, to what are, what are the odds? Yeah. yeah, the odds are actually 0.2 if you calculate <laughs> it. <laughs> that's right. Because there's 4,400 films and oh, they accept between wow. 8 and 10. Wow. So, wow. S- so, yeah, so they all thought I was nuts. And uh, then we submitted a film. And a few weeks later. It's amazing. Yeah. That's the short version. That's the short version. Yeah, I'm sure there's a long version that would require some chilled vodka. Uh, and, yes, and if we smoke cigars, maybe some cigars and yeah, lots yeah, of, yeah, yeah, sitting on a balcony o- overlooking the, the ocean in Cannes, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Well, congratulations. And, and very well received in, in Cannes as well. Um, yeah, so... And, yeah. and now the North American premiere here at, at the Toronto International Film yeah, Festival. Yeah, which I'm super, super happy for and grateful. And the and audience here is absolutely I was amazing. just going to say, they usually are. Uh, I've only been to two Q&As this year. Most of the films I see are screeners, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I'm most of the time doing interviews for face-to-face. But uh, the Q&As usually are really good here in Toronto. Mm. Audiences are very appreciative for the most part. And, mm-hmm. and even of films that you might think you know, d- don't deserve it, still, they're appreciative of the fact that people have spent the time and the effort, the passionate commitment it takes mm-hmm. to like, yeah, you're listening to your story. How much passion, commitment, intention. Yeah. I love that you say 67 short ideas. Like, that's the title of a book. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> that's, every filmmaker yeah, should have to go through that experience, right? Yeah, to yeah, sit down, exactly, and yeah. there's a tenacity to that that, that I yeah, love. Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, the competition is so, it's it's so difficult. It's got to be a crazy Somebody business. who doesn't give 100% of himself, yeah, you know, I don't yeah, think, I don't yeah. know how so, he can. So, so t- can you talk to me a little bit maybe about, uh, about Anna and the story? It's a beautiful film. It's, mm, it's deeply unsettling actually on on many levels and tra- and quite tragic and it's in, in in a variety of ways but mm-hmm. still very beautiful um you went to ukraine you knew that you were going to make this film in the ukraine yeah yeah based on an experience of some kind right um i was traveling in ukraine in 2012 so i knew the country and my grandmother was actually born in ukraine right I read but that. it's not really but it's not really the reason I mean, it's, it's just known I mean, I, I knew about, you know, there's all the 
mail ordering uh, yes. brides services and all this you know international dating i mean it's something that is you know it is known and to what me are these, what are these called again in anna love tours yeah, yeah, love love tours. Tours, yeah. Yes, yeah. So they really exist. They exist from the beginning of, you know, from the as soon as the Iron Curtain fell, so people will be like, oh, let's organize these tours where you, you know, take buses full of American men or foreigners and they travel in East Europe and do these parties. I mean, every person in Ukraine knows about these parties. Mm-hmm. So I, so Svetlana, who plays Anna, she was in a party like this 20 years ago right. as a participant, uh, yes. right? And we auditioned a girl for the role of the translator in the film. And she was actually a translator in one of these parties. So she was auditioning for the role of something that she actually did in real life. But she wasn't a good actress, so she didn't get the role. But uh, but yeah, it was just funny. And after the film came out, also one of my best friends who is Ukrainian, she said, oh, I was also asked to be a translator on one of these parties. So these parties are well known in the air in East Europe. By, by the, the way, the scene with the translator is hysterical. <laughs> Thank you. Deeply unsettling when you think of things like international foreign relations. Mm-hmm. What's what is lost in translation? What mm-hmm. actually is missed? And I I couldn't quite tell if she was just lazy and didn't really want to take the time to translate mm-hmm. the Texan. Uh, or yeah. or if she was actually doing it on purpose. So, <laughs> it's, just, so, like, it's so beautiful. So he, sh- she, she basically, first of all, her English is not that great. Yes, yeah. Right? And she has a lot of mistakes in her English. Yep, yep. And, but it's her so mis- does the Texan, But by that's the, way. the mistakes of the actress, which I left. You like left when she in? says, ah, okay. when she says, Oh, uh, she thinks it's very interested. That's right. Right. Yes. So I'm yes. like, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm not going to. No, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, so this is really how she speaks, right? Right. right. So, um, so the idea is that she, you know, she's paid to translate, and she wants these people to get together. Yeah. So yeah. she kind of like tells each person, each side, what she thinks, and uh, the other, the person she wants to hear. Until the point that she understands that this guy is like a complete jerk and yeah, she should yeah, save him. Yeah. So she's a translator and a matchmaker. Yeah, yeah. And I loved I loved the empathy she had for Anna. And I think it's best mm-hmm. if you go get a drink and go to the washroom or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. basically just leave now while you yeah, still have a chance. This guy you should get, yeah. So um, how much? How much? By the way, without I mean, I'm hoping everyone gets to see this film. But uh, the Texan, f- fascinating too. Uh, his his, uh, I mean, talk it. It's sort of cliche, but not mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And he really nails the performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much direction there? Like, or or did the guy uh, just step, a lot to just step into it? Wor- working a lot. Um, we did a lot of rehearsals. Yeah, a lot, a lot of rehearsals. Um, and he's a character himself. Oh, yeah, you know? I'm sure. He's oh, he character. sure looks like it. Yeah. And uh, he lives in Ukraine for many years, and it was also very uh, difficult right. to find a, an actor who could play. Uh, yeah, sure. I was, like, very lucky, you know, with this, uh, yeah. with him. So a lot of the roles, we did a lot of auditions. Sure. Uh, so it's it's such a combination of hard work yeah. and luck. And it's everything right, right. is super hard Little work. serendipity, yeah. And in the same time, so sometimes I think, oh, I'm so lucky with, you know, with him, with Eric, for example. On the other hand, I did do self-tapes. I, I had maybe 150 self-tapes of people from the UK. I put an ad in London. I thought I would have to bring somebody from London. With you, okay. Who could play for, an American for, for with that an role. accent. Just for, that, for this role. Because 
you know, who knew that I could find an actor right, in, in right, Kiev right. who can play an American with a Texan accent. You know, so I, w- I did my homework and hard work. And at the same time, I had luck because I found sure, somebody who was sure. absolutely perfect. Um, I, love the, I love the hard work and the luck. No, I the hard the work, I mean, together, I just know? can't tell you how much, how much hard work. And also in Ukraine, um, you know, I love the people who I work with and I'm so happy for this experience. These times that I made these two films in Nepal and in Ukraine, in Kiev, best time of my mm. life by mm. far. Mm. I mean, this is just, so I'm good. doing this for the fun of making the films. Right. Right. Really, I mean, of course, after you come to a festival and people come to you and they love your films and they watch it, that's amazing. But I'm also like deeply enjoying the process. Yeah, it's and, good. Um, but it's just like insane amount, amount of work and going against the system also usually, the people who you, you work with. Sure. So, you know, so in Ukraine, for example, they, my producer, she was like, why are you doing so many rehearsals? Because in Ukraine, we don't do rehearsals for short films. And I'm like, Interesting. what? Like okay, and, so that, and Svetlana, she's a theatrical actress, right? So she, she, I think I read that her background theatrical, so she would be familiar with. No, we had to make a lot of rehearsals, ah, a lot, a lot of okay. rehearsals, and um, and they were, you know, they told me, you know, they th- they all thought I was crazy for working well, so isn't, hard. Isn't for isn't any good director a little bit crazy? Well, first of all, yes, but I also don't think that I'm crazy. I mean, you <laughs> go through all this effort. Let me ask your friends about that. At that yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no I'm also crazy, say. but not because of that. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, and I, to- and, you know, and, I, and I wanted to tell them, I mean, look, I'm an Israeli guy. I'm coming here to make a film. And I made Anna after Ashmina, so they already saw Ashmina yeah, and saw yeah. that it was beautiful. Sure, sure. And um, it didn't have the success yet that it has already now, because since then it won prizes and... Is Oscar qualified and it won the first uh, first prize in the Krakow Film Festival and first prize in the Jerusalem Film Festival. But even with that, without that, they could see, you know. And I, I want to tell them, you know, guys, trust me, I know what I'm doing. If I want to do rehearsals, we should do rehearsals. Right, right. <laughs> oh, mean, oh and by the way, this is my movie. Yeah. Yes, and by <laughs> the way, yeah. So, 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 yeah. It's like a constant struggle d- but d- and a creative so effort. And I'm fascinated by your 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 uh, your background in international relations and how that's informing mm-hmm. uh, Ashmina and Anna and, and the future work that you're going to do. And, and this is an important. Like I've made the distinction, Deco, all over the years of you know personally. You know that's a great film. That's an important film. And every now and then the two kind of meet. Mm. That's great and important. I mean, I think I think you've made a great, beautiful, important film that that needs to be seen, and and needs to be discussed. Mm. And maybe as a filmmaker, you don't want or, or don't really care if people have a conversation about your film. Maybe on a certain level, but there are some deep issues in mm. this film that you're raising, and some questions that need to be asked. Uh, you know, from the opening, the the, the yeah, the, the numbers in the, of the of the carcasses and the and the butcher shop, right through. I mean, it's it's a constant theme throughout. It's the this mm-hmm. the, you know the depersonalization and objectification of women mm-hmm. and, and of humans in general, really. I mm-hmm. suppose. Anyway, now I'm rambling. Do you go in with this idea that I'm going to make a film that's going to say something socially? <laughs> Not really? No, of course. I'm laughing of course, because, of course, because yeah, the answer yeah. is of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because if you're going to do all this effort... Why bother? You ne- you ne- no, you need the reason. You need to make, you know, you you need need to make something which nice. is important because otherwise... I, I, I personally don't understand people who make films that are just entertaining. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, and I That's think... And, and behind this, this whole project, so to connect it to 
to what you know I was talking about before. Absolutely. So Anna has all these themes, the objectification of of women and these tours, that uh, there there is you know so much wrong in them. You know this idea that you take these um, quote unquote rich Americans, but really they're like you know in the in the U.S. they're probably like you know blue to- collar totally, or totally, yeah. and then but they go there and for these you know Ukrainian women who live in East Ukraine, it's some kind of like. Uh, you know, they 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 live in terrible conditions, and they would want to move abroad. And sure. each person brings, you this know, is about something. A, this that is about he a wants. dream. It's about a dream for something else, for something other, maybe I, in some cases. Yes, and then in the case of Anna, you know, she meets this guy, and it turns out that you know, he's probably not much better than the people than the drunk people that you see in the first, in the first scene, right? Um, and as I said in in Ashmina, there's different themes Ashmina is about child labor and about the effects of mass tourism on third world countries and so all these themes are are important for me and and um yeah I, I guess that obviously my background in, in international relations uh you know affect me in, in the, the stories that I want to tell and well, what attracts be, me. There's gotta be a fine balance too between making a beautiful piece of art and making something that's well, and a doc film, I suppose. Not that they're beautiful pieces of art, but what I mean is that it's not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Didactic, um, unctuous. Yeah. That oh wow, Dekel's really preaching to me here now. Um, he's yeah, hitting. He's hitting me over the, the head. He's not. You know, it's it's you, you, the big musical score that comes in to make me feel emotional and no music. <laughs> right? right. Absolutely no music. Yeah. So I, I, people I come to me always. Um, um, composers come to me and it's like, oh, I want to give you a card if you need music for your film. I was like, no, there's not going to be music right, in my film. Right. And they ask me why, and I'm like, because it's it's easy and it's manipulative, mm. and I just I don't like mm. that kind of of filmmaking. Um, and yeah, I, I first of all thank you, you know, for saying all that. And I I agree 100. percent It's a very fine balance between telling a story, which is on the surface just a story, right. but in the same time it's meaningful and political. And also allegorical and it visual, is, yeah. um, s- in as y- you know, as you noted in in Anna from the first shot, you see these carcasses of uh, of meat, and maybe in the first moment you don't, you know, not quite it, sure where we're going. Yeah, it's just meat. It's just a meat factory. But then in the end, you're thinking, oh, that scene actually, that shot. It's very visual. S- it's similar visually to the scene where the women sit on the sofa. So you're supposed to make that connection, which you know name tags, numbers, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. it's yeah. it's. Well, I, wonder, it's I wondered, Dekal, for a brief moment, I wondered if I'd stepped into a horror film, briefly, mm. with the, the carcasses, yeah. and in a way, there's almost there is almost kind of a, a relational horror mm. to what plays out, yeah. right? It's not mm. horror in the traditional sense of the word, but yeah. the separation of it. Mm. Right, and the, and the, and that sort of deep cynicism to it is a bit uh, mm. horrific, troubling. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a, it's always a challenge, and a challenge also to keep to keep that meanings and layers of meanings um, to tell to tell that visually. How much of it's written in for you? At this point in your career, and how much do you sort of discover along the way? Um, so a lot. So really, a l- I'd say eighty percent is written, probably. Yep, yep. So the f- so in the f- very first uh, draft of the film, she was um, just working in a butcher shop and cutting meat. So you just see her cutting meat, but then like 
the idea came of, oh, maybe you can just go to a real meat factory and right. show these big carcasses hanging. And so you take it, you know, you take it uh, um, one level further. Or, um, but yeah, but everything, all the different meanings are, are written in the beginning. But then while you work with actors, while you find locations, sure. yeah. then, you know, you continue to develop it. So you come to a location and, you know, suddenly... So, for example, I, I'm working now on another film and uh, there's a theme there of, of, uh, of people le left behind and living in the wrong period of time mm. and mm. changing times. Sure. And then this idea suddenly came of, t you know, to show the landscape and a, a beautiful landscape, but then you shift the camera and then suddenly you see these uh, electric wind turbines, right? And and that's some kind of, a, you know, visual symbol sure. for, yeah, for change and for, um, you know, for this theme, right? So so sometimes you come to a location and you see something and it inspires you or... Um, yeah, I, I do. I do love the collaborative nature of filmmaking. I do love those moments of uh, of discovery mm. and how they end up helping to push that allegory or that parable or that story yeah. uh, along. I love Anna. Oh, I love you, Anna. So like I love. I love her too. Like I love the film, but I love. I love her. Yeah. And yeah, right yeah. out of the gate, mm -hmm. I, my heart went out to this woman. And 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 you, uh, she's so alone. Mm -hmm. She's so alone, and yet she still has enough. Uh, uh, sensitivity and care and empathy that that she's willing to feed the dogs in the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just this is lovely, beautiful stuff. I mean, so so some dark themes in a way, mm -hmm. and yet, would you say you're a hopeful filmmaker in the sense that you're you are pushing back against where it seems maybe we're heading in some respects? Yeah, but personally, I'm not hopeful at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, why I'm making hey, But you're films. laughing and you're I'm smiling, though. I'm making these films quickly because I think it's all going to, to end fairly quickly. Um, we're done for soon, are we? Well, in I some respects? So. Yeah, I mean, hmm. in Israel, there's elections in two days and we have a prime minister who's absolutely lost it completely. I mean, there's an ombudsman um, position in Israel and it just... It just you know, just they just replaced him and they selected somebody who, who is just like uh, he's uh, he's just a yes man for mm. the for him for the prime minister, and they weakened the uh, court system, and uh, they weakened the the journalists free speech. Anyway, it's a long long discussion, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. just in Israel. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. of course, it's the same in you know Poland, Hungary, uh, Turkey. The U.S., Brazil, I mean, the whole world is just spiraling into... Based, when you look back at the last 30, 40, 50, 50 years, let's say, it seems to me that we... I feel like we should be a little farther ahead po politically, relationally. No, we're going backwards. You know? um, yes, we, you would imagine that we would go further, uh, you know, would it we progress, but no, unfortunately not. And I keep thinking about... Um, just think about 21st century technology plus somebody like Hitler. Just think about it for, you know... 10 seconds and uh, I mean we are lucky with Trump that Trump is just somebody who is you know accidentally ended up there but he's not a very bright person but think if somebody is actually bright and would know how to use his popularity and use everything that Trump is kind of like accidentally did right but somebody who is actually with uh, you know 160 IQ and uh, with the intention of dismantling the American democracy it's then, probably then, then what? Yeah, then it's over. It's basically. Do you so. think? Um, um, do you want to be seen uh, as a prophetic voice 
20, 20 years from now, 5, 10, 12 years from now, the, th the thread throughout your films will say this and this about where we're at? Uh, yeah, definitely I know that I'm, I want to continue to make films that are politically important and politically... Um, but there's this thing with politically, because politically that word also, so Anna is political sure. and Ashmina is political, but also political in the big sense, political yep. of yep. You know, fascism versus social democracies and liberalism. And I think that there's a trend now. It's very fascinating, actually, the, this how the... Uh, how the the, the the way that um, filmmaking industry around the world and especially in Europe is is governed and uh, the trends in filmmaking and in storytelling and what what films are being made how it's um, so I, I'll give you an example so so for example now we spoke about it before we started recording that um, you know there's certain trends in in the type of stories that needs to be told sure sure, and sure. also and you're working on a feature. Well. Yes, yeah. and and um, and and what I want to say is that so basically now everywhere f filmmakers are encouraged to tell their own personal story, right? Their own personal story, and a lot of times these personal stories, of course, they're very important and very and also they're political and, and important and interesting, and they should be told. But on the on the other hand, there is takes the shift, the spotlight from big political stories, not of the individual, but of society as a whole. So we have these like, uh, magnifying glasses on, on certain moments, maybe like in Anna and Ashmina too, but mm -hmm. there, is, there is no you know, big sweeping films about, about the whole trend that we're seeing around the world. You know? There isn't a film, a featured drama, a scripted drama about their documentaries. But there's no like story of you know how Putin is taking over <laughs> the world or whatever. Right, right. That's going to come in twenty years. Yeah. Or um, I mean, I guess we had like we had a, a film, a feature film, come out about Brexit recently. But um, do you think you tell bigger stories through the individual story, through the Annas, through yes, the Ashmans? Yes, hundred percent. you do. But I think there is a place also for the bigger, sure, of course, bigger, yeah. bigger stories. Yeah. Tell, so I'm going to use the phrase similarity through difference. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? I haven't seen Ashmina. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing mm -hmm. it. Uh, all the things of, that I'm thinking about and working with in international development as well, mm -hmm. as my listeners will 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 know well. Why do we seem to separate? I mean, coming from Israel, you can talk about this. I would think at great length, division, separation. Um, I'm I'm. I, it's a good thing I'm not you, and mm -hmm. you're not me. And then we build walls, and sometimes literal walls, and we're doing it in the West, and so on. Um, is that kind of your hope? I mean, would you say, as an international relations student and now as a filmmaker who wants to tell a political and a relational story, um, yeah, how do, we, how do we draw a circle <laughs> around the world how as do we idealistic people, th as that may how sound? How do we teach people not to, not to see the other? As yeah, yeah. Um, well, the problem is that, um, you know, the... the hegemonic system I don't think wants that to happen because that's the way that you know that people control each other I mean in Israel I mean in Israel I just read a really interesting article about how actually Benjamin Netanyahu the Prime Minister is actually keeping uh, Hamas in Gaza 
their their political control there because it's good for him because hmm. because then he can rally the Israeli Israeli um, right wing behind him s- telling to them look we have this enemy we have these people who want to hurt us so he keeps this conflict on low heat right forever right so it's exactly like in 1894 uh, 1984 1984 that he spoke about the perpetual war you have to give a perpetual war right because then you rally the people behind you mm-hmm. and then you can uh, justify your existence right so 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 yeah so in Israel maybe the conflict could have been solved many years ago but it's not in the interest of the Israeli rights because then you know they cease to exist To have a reason for you know staying in power or even existing and it's definitely not in the interest of uh, Iran which is funding Hamas and which is you know keeping politicizing the problem of the Palestinian for their own internal reasons we you know there you know we hate the US we hate Israel look what they're doing to the poor Palestinians so they keep it on a low-grade conflict right and um, Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, how do we end it? I don't know how you end it. It's personally, yeah, through art also. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was a teenager and probably the first time that I realized like, oh, yeah, I'm Israeli and I'm Jewish and I'm supposed to be, you know, on, on our side. Right. If I would have been, in, I would have been born 35 kilometers that your side of the border. I would have been a Palestinian and I would be sure that well, this, this is, is all ridiculous. This is all notions that, you know, 5,000, 10,000 years old. We're really, it's 21st century, but we're living right. in the Middle Ages in so many ways and in so many aspects. I've always loved that phrase about uh, uh, the accident of geography. Mm. You know, and in, in philosophy, you know, the question is, why are things this way and not some other way, right? Why wasn't I born in Cambodia? Why wasn't I, yeah. right? And the, right? And it's just, and now, what kind of a responsibility does mm. that put on me? Or is it even a responsibility? Mm. Is, or is it more of an ethical sort of, Yeah, I, I just had a, an idea for a film oh you good oh this will be the 68 because film? yeah, yeah you're gonna go down and scribble Chris yeah because what happens and, now yeah. with all the DNA tests yeah. is that people do an a test they do a DNA test you know the 23 and me sure. tests and all this and then they f- they find out that they're not who they thought they were oh that's cool yeah, right like so it. you yeah. so yeah. you know there's they think oh we're half Italian half or 100% Italian and then you make a DNA test and you find out that you're actually like you know a quarter Spanish and have Jewish or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. or people you know people African Americans who were born and they discovered that they're 25 percent white or something like that and that's really interesting how s- and actually in real life there is a really famous story of this Hungarian politician who was um, in a neo-nazi party in Hungary and mm-hmm. then they all did DNA tests to prove each other that they're you know pure Hungarians and And the guy found out that he's like 100% Jewish, basically. Oh, wow. And then he left the party, moved to Israel, became, like, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous that he was a neo-Nazi. It's ridiculous that he did a test. It's ridiculous that he moved to Israel. The whole thing is stupid. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're going to end it in our lifetime. Or no, I don't think so either, but I do hope we're moving in the right direction. I think we are, for sure, in, in many respects. And films like yours, honestly, they're, they're, they're interesting and entertaining. They're beautiful to look at. And uh, for me, anyway, uh, they're layered enough that, that, that they can generate mm-hmm. a conversation like this that I would like to continue, but... Unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap up. Can you tell us just a little bit about your first feature film and the 
the craziness around trying to get trying to get it funded and so on. And yes, when is it going to so be done? When, when when are you back to the Toronto International so Film Festival? So actually, I'm already shooting another short film in November. Okay, good. And then I might be continuing this series of sh- of segments of shorts, ah. of shorts with they are not shorts; they're segments mm-hmm. of a bigger fe- mm-hmm. of a feature. I have I have more scripts than I need actually. Right, so right, um, yeah. so I you. might be shooting three more of them to have five. Nice. Or I'm going to take one of them and expand it into a feature, which is a dva, which, which um, I'm also in discussion about uh, about creating a feature out of it because that was supposed to be the next short that I would shoot, and it tells the story of um, it tells the story of it. Sh- it basically shows how a, a date escalates into a non-consexual mm. uh, sexual situation. And then the girl wakes up in the morning and not understanding, you know, how it happened, and it follows that for that uh, kind of scenario. So you you don't pick really cheery light topics, right? It's uh, <laughs> I don't find them interesting. <laughs> no, the it's cheery topics. That's right. No, no, and it's interesting too to me that that still in Anna, even though there is this, even the cinematography sort of has this existential uh, angst like tone mm. kind of embedded within it if if i can say that but i, I don't know there's st- there's still hope there to me there's there there is you you are pushing back against that that cynical edge and i think that's a beautiful thing mm. um uh that and thank you so much for your time today talking about your beautiful and important new film anna here at the toronto international film festival uh, i'm really looking forward to to, to your next piece Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A, Malibu.com, code GLOW.